One. Hello, welcome to episode 205 of Three Bears a Movie. I am Richard Laird, I'm with... Colin McKay's back again. Well, twice. I know, this, this is unprecedented, so as Definitely in the um, past year, it's definitely unprecedented. So we, you're filling in today, well, you don't fill in, because that's your podcast, but you're, Barry yeah. normally been doing it recently, but Barry is unfortunately off of toothache. So we wish Barry oh. all the best, hope for the man recover soon, because there's simply nothing worse than toothache. Yeah. Um, yeah Good Barry, oh. Yeah, we're doing this again by Zoom, so hopefully one day we'll get back to a pub and doing this. Um, but as that's I, I've that's what I miss is, is sitting across for your wee face and just talking absolute nonsense for an hour with you just face to face. I miss that so much. As do I do, as do I, and I'm, and I'm hoping we can get back to the pub and doing it. Um, it's a Monday night we're doing it, so it's a wee bit early in the week. But are you having a drink tonight? Um, yes, I am. I, I, I bought a beer especially for the occasion. I went, <laughs> I went to the co-op and I, I stood and pondered over the the, the, the wondrous selection of beers and picked one <laughs> just for just one, just because I'm working tomorrow. Just one, but one beer for for tonight. So yes, I'm drinking. So what are you drinking? Um, drinking um, a beer called Hophead, which okay. is described as a hoppy golden ale, um, and it's from a brewing company called Dark Star. And which off mic we were because of the, the name, yes. Yeah, because off mic we were discussing is it because of the, the movie, the movie Dark Star by John Carpenter. And we've came to the conclusion that it is. We'll take it as that. Because there's, there's no it's very, the, the bottle's very kind of sci fi with a label. It's got spacemen and stuff on it. And you went onto the website and you said that was quite sci fi inspired as well. So yes. definitely a Dark Star. It's definitely. The, the Dark Star. That's, that's underrated, not underrated gem, it's a gem from it. It's kind of hard to find these days, Dark Star. You don't know, it's kind of tough to, to find on streaming services and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. I haven't seen it for a long, long time. Uh, yeah, my dad introduced me to it when I was a wee boy. I think I watched it when I was about kind of 10 or 12, and I was just like, wow, this isn't. Because when you're a kid, that's like subversive. You know what I mean? A movie like that is just like right. mind blowingly subversive. So it was like just totally blew me away. And I guess that was probably the start of my relationship with John Carpenter. Probably, I think it's the start of Carpenter. The start of Carpenter is like great run, but also is it not the same guys who wrote um, Alien, who were writers on it? Is it? Oh, it could be. Um, is it was name Dan O'Bannon and I'm sure at least one of them is a, is the writer on that. I might I might be could you up. could be correct, sir? But it's a great film. Anyone out there that's not seen it, you really need to see it. It's funny, um, so so well written, great fun. Yeah, Cheap Dan as hell now. Dan O'Bannon and uh, John Carpenter did the script for it, so there you go. Um, nice. It was the start of um, Carpenter's like amazing run, you know, from like 74 through to like pretty much 90, wasn't it? Sort of just... Yeah, and you know what? I, I do still take up your challenge. Um, listeners a while back, Richard, um, had, had declared that John Carpenter has had the greatest run of any director in terms of, of good movies and, and possibly box office success as well. Maybe um, when you look, because some of the films didn't do well box office wise, but um, great movies. But great when you look movies. at a man's resume, um, he, he's got like about 20, 25 years where the, he, he could do no wrong. And yeah. I've yet to find a director that has got a consecutive streak like that. It is truly, truly amazing. Yeah. Pretty much from Dark Star was 74 through to They Live in 88. So it's like 14 years of like just continual hits. Just great movie. What was after they live? What did they uh, do after that? Memoirs of an Invisible Man. Yeah, that was naturally <laughs> <with> Chet, Chet. <laughs> 
fucking Chevy Chase Roots, yeah. everything, all the goddamn time. <laughs> yeah, there's not been much good since then. I, I, don't, I didn't mind these vampire films. I quite liked that one. I yeah. didn't mind it at all, yeah. yeah. yeah the second one with Bon Jovi, that wasn't counter the director. That he was no, only the not. name on it. But, no. but um, yeah, Jesus. James Woods, Christ, killing vampires. What, yeah. what can you not like? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm also drinking tonight. I've got something more interesting. Well, not more interesting. You've got you went movie. I've went apparently Chinese. Um, one from yeah. the Dong Feng Brewing Company. I think it might be out of Holland, but it's made the Chinese style. Um, and it's a Citra and Mosaic IPA, which is Citrus and Mosaic. Mosaic, M O S A I K IPA. So it originates from central China. This lumpy little orange adds citrusy abundance to the medley of berry aromas imbued by the mosaic and citra hops in this IPA. So yes, yeah, so it's done by in, in some way in the Chinese style from, but it's brewed in Belgium, not Holland. Brewed in Belgium. What's um, does it does it taste like blooming a little bit? No, it's, it's actually got no. a better taste than blooming. That's what I thought oh. it might be. Um, but no, it's it's nice, but it's. It's, it's not blue moony. It's maybe maybe not maybe not bitter, but not as sweet as blue moon. Because I think blue moon is very very sweet when you're drinking it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very so, floral yeah. as well. Yeah. Very floral. Yes. Check you out, so you cultured old bastard. I got. Up, I am one of those <laughs> wankers with a, a beer box comes through once a month, and this was what happened to be in it. So I'm drinking that. <laughs> it's in a can as well. It's, it's always very very weird seeing you drinking a can because you're like me. You're quite a kind of bottle purist. Aren't you? you I do prefer a bottle. Yeah. So it's it's very weird because you're. Uh, I can see Richard folks, but he can't see me. <laughs> Uh, uh, which I don't know if that's unsettling for Richard, but I'm comfortable. I think I'm on an OnlyFans page right now. <laughs> um, and but, Mr. Laird told me he's not even wearing trousers either. Which, <laughs> actually, I'm not wearing trousers today. Which I think I'm flattered, possibly. Yeah, you could be flattered, yeah. I, I, felt, I felt comfortable enough if you call and I did not have to put trousers on. That's that is a sign of... Um, <laughs> Possibly in a, a Me Too world, I'm going to get the sack, but this, this is my first thing that I want. Um, but yeah, we'll move, on, we'll move on away from my lack of trousers onto our just sort of little catch up before we um, move into the movies. Uh, first thing, Camel Lairds are back playing football, but they're playing some oh. friends. So that's nice to know. The season sync starts in the first week of August. Um, me and Jill are hoping to get down and see them um, this season at some point, but yeah, it's nice to know they're back. No word on yet on a sponsorship. We will, we will probably do a wee sponsorship again of a player once all that kind of comes out. But it's a wee bit up in the air just now after last year when we sponsored a player and then it got cancelled after like three weeks or something the game and sort of like felt a bit like, you know, I think they're a bit more sort of edgy as to who to, um, how to raise money for it right now because people may feel, feel a little bit bummed by it. But I'm always happy to support the... the how is, does their boy Mike still play for them? Mike does not play for them now. Uh, last year oh. We had a different player last year whose name I honestly can't remember. I do apologise for that. Um, but no, Mike doesn't play for many more. He left. So the manager leave as well. So, but they still they still like to talk to us on Twitter and they still give us a little, a little boost on Twitter now and again. So it's nice to, to know they, 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 they remember us as much as you remember them. So nice. Uh, always nice to get a shout out. Always. It is nice. So, but from that, we want to move in you. So normally me and Barry recently have been doing something. If someone brings a story to the movie news just to talk about, um, Barry normally brings something up with ridiculous, you know, that just doesn't make any sense. Um, or is from the, the weird Reddit world that Barry lives in sometimes. Uh, you know, usually about Britney Spears. You know, he was very obsessed with Britney Spears at one point. Um, she I'm, seems to be massive news just now. And I, I don't know much about it, um, but, you know, just from, I suppose, being a decent fucking human being is let her, let her you know, live her life, leave her alone. 
That's, that's all I've got. I don't know much about it, but that's what I've got to say. Is just leave her alone, man. Let her go. I can't Let her go. Spears as well. My God. Um, yeah, I do. <laughs> I've spent too much time talking about Britney Spears on this thing. Um, what I'm going to bring to it, if you get anything you can add to it, obviously, what I'm going to bring up is uh, this week we lost Richard Donner, um, the director, mm. uh, yeah, 91 yeah. years old, born in 1930, died uh, last week. Um, I'm put out there. Literally, the night before he died, I sat and watched Maverick. And it still holds up as a fantastic film. And I think that's the, I think that's the best thing to say about Richard Donner. Richard Donner made fantastic, fun cinema films. Like the ones that, you yeah. know, you'll, you'll, that seem timeless. Like there's nothing about his body of work that makes you go, oh, that's very, oh, that era, and that doesn't really work for me now. Everything, pretty much everything he's put out has, has worked for me up until maybe the late, two, up until the 2000s. He's done a few dodgy ones in the 2000s. But yeah. like, the like classic era Donner for me is yeah. absolutely. Le- lethal Weapon did the man done Lethal Weapon he done Lethal Weapon 1, 2 and 3 and, and 4 yeah. as well and I think genuinely I think that's a cracking series of films I know it's people I know Mel's not exactly um, you know the, the most beloved character right now but still love Lethal Weapon movies I think they're absolutely phenomenal yeah absolutely and then um, Superman as well. Superman. So, I mean, point Plus, that he's done Superman 2 as well. We, we all know it. We know the story. Do you know what I mean? He, he done Superman 2, which we, we were hotly debating a while back is which is better, Superman or Superman 2. And I, I said Superman 2. Yeah, yeah, which was, um, but both, both of them are great. And, and he's, he, he's, by all accounts, he's done Superman 2 as well. Yeah, um, and what I found, what I like as well, everything I've read about Richard Donner since he passed away, there was absolutely no story of he was actually a dick type thing. Mm-hmm. Everything about which him, is rare in Hollywood. It's rare. rare. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. who he worked with, some some people he worked with, you know, sort of these like producers had, um, you know, working with Joe, uh, Joe Silver and stuff like that. You know, they have there's been you know, you know Joe Silver's not exactly the most. Man, a lot of patience in the world, you know. So he's a, you know, yeah. you know So the fact you work with him and that nothing came out about, you know, Richard Donner being a dick, and that, that made me feel happy. That it seems, by all accounts and purposes, he seems like a guy who loved movies and loved making movies and enjoyed the the art form and enjoyed making them. And I think there's nothing better than the guy who you can see that any job of, of what you love doing, and you can see that in all the films he made. Um, and do you know what? I'd adventure as far to say as. Us geeks and nerds living in this golden age of, of the kind of MCU and, and DC universe, this wouldn't have been possible or here without Richard Donner starting, no. starting the ball rolling with Superman did the first superhero blockbuster by all accounts. A brilliant movie. Superman holds I watched it recently and it's like two hours and twenty-three minutes. And there was another film we watched this week, it was two hours and twenty-three minutes. And I can guarantee you Superman beats along at a much better pace than an awesome superhero yeah. movie we watched this week. Um, yeah. Also, before Superman, he made the Omen, and the Omen is fucking phenomenal. Like the more like, I every time I watch, it, I'm like, this is a fantastic horror film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Omen's great. So it's, the, the yeah, Omen's yeah. Is, is. I'm going to assume that you were a big Lady Hawk fan. I'm a massive, massive fan <laughs> of Lady Hawk. Uh, Ruger Howard, Michelle Pfeiffer. She's a hawk by by day. He's a wolf by night. They can never be. Jesus, I, I feel so. I'm crying thinking about it, man. It's a great film, and it's also got Matthew Project as well. What more yes. can you want in the movie? It's, yeah. it's, it's it's perfect, man. The three films he did: The Omen, which is obviously horror; the Superman, which is comic book films and you know action. He did Lady Hawk, which is like fantasy, isn't it really? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep, sure, fantasy. And the Goonies, which is obviously like a, a Stonewall classic for like most people, like our generation, like that sort of one. Yep. Stone films. Then he went on to do like Lethal Weapon. Then he done Scrooge in the same like a year later. And Scrooge, you know, Scrooge like, is like 
possibly the best Christmas movie. Not possibly Debatably. the best Christmas film. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, bring Bill Murray, but Bill Murray back to comedy, and you know, by all accounts, Bill Murray and him didn't get on very well, but mm. in a fantastic film. Then Lethal Weapon Two, Lethal Weapon Three, um, Maverick. I think his last best film. Maverick, I think, is a fantastic movie. It holds up brilliantly well. Mel Gibson, um, Jodie Foster, and James Garner just absolutely just you know. Yeah, well, I, I hadn't seen Maverick Member until you you coerced me to watching it, and yeah. I watched it, and I, I was talking to you about it with the biggest smile on my face because it was so freaking good. I was like, why, why did it take so long to watch that? It was mental. Um, Assassins as well, you know that one with Banderas and um, I do remember uh, Stolen. Yeah, I do yeah. Sharon, um, not Sharon, it's her face. It's another, do I remember? Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Um, <laughs> I like conspiracy theory, the one with Mel Gibson. And I like Gibson. that a lot. Um, Patrick Stewart's not as well, isn't he? Yes, yes. Conspiracy theory. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Only made two films after in the, in the 2000s. He only made a film called Timeline based on Michael Crichton book, which wasn't that great, but I had a lot of fun with it. I quite like Michael Crichton stories. Um, and his last film was 16 Blocks with um, Bruce. I haven't seen. I think I've seen Timeline, but not yeah. 16 Blocks. But yeah. then they're, they're not. Dreadful movies, do you know no, what I mean? They're not they're straight they're to sci fi movies, you know, they're not like kind of you know, Channel Five late night, you know, shitty movies. They're, they're not, they're still good films, just not. Yeah. Not a, the point is, you let you read such a, a, a high mark down early on, like The Omen, Superman, Lethal Weapon, Goonies, mm. that anything, Lady Hawk, if you want to go with that one as well. And um, they laid them down so early on that you're always sort of waiting for those again. And sometimes it works. And he's, he, he maybe was a guy who was more of a, he was a jobbing director who needed the material. He wasn't like writing his own material from all accounts. You know, the yeah. guy who, who needed the material to work with um, and he would get something from it. So, but yeah, it's really sad. It's, I mean, 91's a good life. You know, you're not really, you know, you're not complaining if you make it to 91. Um, and a lot of his work will probably go with it for a lot longer than that. Oh, geez, yeah. The man's, the man's, He's left behind a legacy, so he has. Yeah. And, and uh, if there's anyone out there that's so inclined to believe in, in such things, then him and Christopher Reaver up there having a good old time. And in the same week, well, we've been attending each other, Ned Beatty, obviously Superman as well, he passed away. Yeah, right? yeah Ned Beatty, um, Deliverance as well, he was in that too. Um, so Ned Beatty is always in, he's got like a five-minute scene in Network, and that is like one of my favourite films of all time, and he absolutely nails that scene in every single way. And he got, he got like a kind of... Austin nomination for like a nine minute scene. Yeah. If you ever get a chance to watch Network, oh my God, it's like it's like the pornography for um, dialogue junkies. It's, oh, it's amazing. But he, he was one of those actors. He was never the leading man, but you, you, the, the charisma that you were drawn to him, do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. he, he just had this quality about him. And it's just, I mean, take him in nine minutes of film and, you know, get a nomination and steal, steal the show. That's. That's talent. That's pure, oh, pure talent, right there. Pure talent, absolutely. But like I said, Deliverance as well. You know, plays in that. Superman in as well. Um, mm-hmm. Didn't have a lot after that. To be honest, like sort of major role. But he was just a jobbing actor. You know, he just sort of he worked. You know, he had 165 credits on these things. So he just, he just worked. Mm. You know, he, you know, he's in, and we all forget about this. And it's a brilliant performance, and doesn't get enough respect for what it is. He does the voice a lot. So bear in Toy Story three. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, again, they brings a character to life. Do you know what I mean? He's a, such a memorable character. Lots of hugging me. That's an evil fucking bear. You know, that is a bad <laughs> bear. I'm such a big, sweet, general looking man as well. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? He <laughs> has that voice, and you go, Oh, you're a bastard bear. Um, yeah, so really sad. There's a daughter and Ned Beatty. We didn't talk with Ned Beatty a couple weeks ago, so very sad that both of them uh, passed away. Um, yeah, so. 
move on to some movie talk, some some stuff I've seen. Um, that you say you want to bring bring a few to the, the floor that you have. Yeah, j- j- just a couple oh, of wee things. So. You watched Peter Rabbit. What was Peter Rabbit? I, I seen Peter Rabbit too. Yeah. Now, um, I, I, I took my kid to see this, so it wasn't like cords off to see. Although I did think about it beforehand, I was I would have went myself regardless. But I took my kid to see it. Um, I'd seen the original Peter Rabbit movie um, a couple of years ago, and I wasn't overly impressed so I was kind of going into this with a lot of trepidation like oh no here we go I'm going to not have a good time and I was always burning it which I'm always a hat fan I was always always lovely and Dobno Gleason, who yes. is seldom disappoints Sam Neill's in it and Sia is in it as well okay yeah which is very weird I, I didn't hate it um, I wouldn't say you know it was like the, the, the best kind of kids movie I've watched um, but it, it wasn't it just wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be um, very 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 generic really really safe um, Jimmy yeah. it just kind of plays on all the strengths of the first one I guess you know the stuff that the kind of kids loved and it, it, it's just so so predictable and it just holds you in a comfort zone Yeah, nothing unless if you're under six or seven there's some really funny moments but you know, if, if you're kind of a wee bit older, there's nothing laugh out loud. And there's a few kind of warm and smiles that all kind of raise from you, but it, it wasn't. Well, it's not hard. violence in it at all, no. Well, the rabbits don't wear pants, which yeah. was a bit disturbed. They wear jumpers, don't they? <laughs> yeah, which is really, really bizarre, isn't it? It's utterly, <laughs> utterly nuts. Um, so it, it wasn't the horrid experience I was expecting it to be. Um, and my kids, who's 10, Came out and he wasn't overwhelmed, he wasn't blown away, but you know, he, he did say that was all he did. Which right. is it, amazing, how, it's amazing how 10 year olds like you think you'll watch any piece of shit just to watch something, but they won't. They will, like, kids, no, no, kids are discerning. If they, if they don't like it, they will go, I don't like this, I'm not watching it. You know? Yeah, yeah, why is it made something um, like the Lego movie capsule kids and they go, That must be a really well made movie. In fact, I'm liking it, it's great, but the fact a kid will watch this film is amazing, because yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Um, what breaks my heart with my kid is that it doesn't like Star Wars or superhero movies. Not at all. And I've, I've, I've kind of, I'm waiting for the DNA test to come back just to make <laughs> sure. But yeah, it's like I mean, you know what you did. Do you know what I mean like that's my you know that's my jam right there. Is anything be a cape or, or or a monster or a spaceman and I'm all over it. And yeah. the, the kid just he just won't bite. And I, I mean, I've took him to the cinema to see maybe six or seven Marvel movies now. If he was about kind of five years old, um, you know, I'm, I'm always kind of forcing stuff on him, and he, he just won't he, he won't take to it at all. Um, my daughter's the same; she she's like, no, won't touch it. Aiden, the older one, he's you know, he's kind of a bit more kind of receptive, a bit more geeky. But the other two, I'm just like, whoops. Uh, I, I feel like I've failed somewhere as a parent that <laughs> they don't like Batman. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's, ho- it's horrible. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just horrible. Why? Why? I don't get it. Like, why? Do you know what I, mean? I just want to shake him and say, what, what do you mean you don't like superhero movies? Like, explain yourself, young man, right now. Um, I went to visit my sister last week um, who stays in Irvine and her, young, her, her second youngest wee boy is about kind of two years old now. And he told me that he likes superheroes, and I was all over it, man. I was like, nice. right, superhero squads got on the TV. I put on my Batman face mask, showed my Batman socks, you know, and I'm like, if I can't get my own kids hooked, got this one. So, I'm, all, my, my <laughs> I'm, I'm all over it. And my niece is now into, she likes video games, and she likes Sonic. And I'm like, oh, me and you can bond. <laughs> <laughs> now that we can, we can live with. 
Like you just need that one wee in as an air the net shoe, man. You just wheedle away at him. But um, one, I'll keep going. I'll keep going at my kid. I'll get one day. Maybe when he's older, I'll look back and I'll go, "Geez, my dad was so right and I was so wrong." But you know, honest, we can only hope and pray. I didn't enjoy Star Wars. I didn't see really see Star Wars until Phantom Menace. Wow. So that was what ninety seven. So I was twelve. So I think I've seen. I think I saw the other ones just before. And honestly, I wasn't blown away by them. Um. Because I, I think it's weird. I think you've got to get you there at just the right age. I think maybe you've got to be maybe about you know between eight and ten, and and maybe see it in the big screen, and that would be the one thing. It'll like your eyes would be wide because you've seen this holy shit. I can't believe what I'm actually watching right now. Yeah. Whereas I watched it on VHS, you know, on my parents like you know, cathode ray tube TV. You know, you just stand up. You know, not not one of these high def, you know, TVs that we we have now. So I remember yeah. Star Wars, but I was never one of those guys who go like my life is. Like my life would be like, debatably you have kind of come into it at its kind of lowest ebb do you know what I mean like Phantom Menace they are like the shit sandwich of Star Wars I mean I still love them because of Star Wars but as a Star Wars fan I can comfortably say you know that like, that is the shit sandwich do you know what I mean that, that, gonna, those three are no I'm going to disagree I think the, I'm gonna, I mean, this is a debate for another podcast but I reckon the, 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 the prequel trilogy is better than the new trilogy Oh, debate! Right, we we shall have this discussion all the time. So I'm yeah. really quite quite into having having a, a good long chat with you about this and, and making you see the error of your ways. Maybe maybe if it does, and then I can divorce them. You know, parents can divorce kids as well. Exactly. You know, so, so, so Brittany can do it. I can do it. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Um, well, so Brittany's well, Brittany can do it. That's the thing. Um, <laughs> the other rabbit. thing, I'll, Peter Rabbit too. And the other thing I watched is um, uh, Lorraine. Um, likes to watch really, really, really old movies. Nope. Um, so the other night we watched a film called The Old Dark House. Oh, um, Directed by James Whale, who directed Frankenstein. Yes. Um, this film was made in 1932. Oh. Um, the premise is that, that there's this bunch of people kind of driving through Wales in the midst of a crazy storm um and they seek refuge in an old dark house they get into the house and this house is just it's got like a a brother a sister and they're just batshit crazy um Mm -hmm. the butler is batshit crazy and there's just nothing good about this house it's just absolutely crazy um and it was such a quirky wonderful wonderful film it's based on a novel which i think was really successful back in the day and i think there's been a kind of modern day remake that gets critically panned whereas this gets critically praised um but it's just crazy um boris karloff's in it yep. who was frankenstein james Whale directed frankenstein yeah um i think he wanted karloff to play that but he couldn't get him um and and that's bit yeah 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 he's just done Big horror director James Hill, um, back in the day, but um, it was just such a, a good film. The acting was so outdatedly over the top. Yes, it was yes. wonderful. It's, it's all very Shakespearean, Shakespearean, and shouty, and um, it, it was just amazing. It had Charles Lawton in it, um, who played the Hunchback of Notre Dame and Captain ba- uh, Captain Bly on the original Mutant Bounty stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They all playing with his. I think using his own accent and he oh. sounds like Peter Kay. Which he's, really, doing his, like, sort of, ah, he's not doing any, not doing any he's from, Yeah, he's from, well, he's not American, he's from England, but he's from ah. Scarborough, which I didn't know. And um, 
it just sounds like Peter Kay. So you're watching Peter Lawton, who's a big guy, and it kind of not dissimilar size to Peter Kay. Sounding like Peter Kay, and it's just so wow. Um, Boris Karloff. Interesting, um, old dark hair. You know the one who plays it. She is Rose in Titanic. Yeah, I've seen it, and I watched her recently. Who died when she was 102, I believe. 100, she died. She was born in Quebec. 100, which was the same age as Rose. I watched her recently. She's like sort of the main protagonist in the, or the sort of love interest in Invisible Man as well. Mm -hmm. This person who like started working like in the 1920s and 30s is like, you know, was still in one of the biggest films of all time in like nine, in like two thousand. And and she died um, at the same age as the character in Titanic was meant to be as well, which is oh. a bit kind of sad. But but yeah. this summon in she had, and I think um, I think they are kind of one of the other actors, and had won a few Oscars as well back in the day. So it's you know it's, it's a big cast for its time yeah. as well. Um, but it's just so wonderful seeing this black and white kind of not low budget, but obviously low FX because they didn't have. CGI and stuff like that, so everything's practical and it's just built on suspense. But the dialogue is so witty, and there's this character at the end that turns up who's like the the, the, the kind of locked up crazy schizophrenic brother, uh-huh. and the actor that plays him um is so overly camp and wonderful that it <laughs> makes you chuckle and smile, but you're just you're so fixated. Um, but we had a, an absolute whaley of time. What a whaley of time does a pun there. I'm telling you, there's a pun. Um, <laughs> um, but it was just a wonderful, wonderful watch. And she she kind of keeps forcing, not forcing, but, you know, she, she'll put on these old films like we watched the Sherlock Holmes one for, you know, way back in the day as well. And it's just really nice sometimes just to, to put all this CGI and, you know, high-octane action behind and just watch films that they had to write in the 30s and 40s that, had to be about the story and the acting, and it wasn't about the special effects. And it's it's a breath of fresh air sometimes, no, you know, I'm just kind of going going lockdown, back the way. During lockdown, I bought um, like a big massive box set of all the old Universal monster movies. Mm. So I've been watching stuff like Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein, and then I guess I've been watching all that stuff. Also, I'd recommend there's one that I watched on Sky, it's on Sky like Cinema, so it might be on like Now Cinema. And you may have seen it because I'm sure they may have made you watch it called Kind Hearts and Coronets. I've never seen it, but I've heard of it. They've remade yeah. it as well. Yeah, yeah. Watch that. That was it's genuinely exceptionally funny. Like it's it, like, and I know it's it's made it's funny by like sort of 1949 um sort of standard, like sort of yeah, acting but it's got like Alec Guinness is in it. Yeah, yeah. And it's like it's Alec Guinness, like you can see why Alec Guinness thought Star Wars was dumb and stupid. You know, because this is what he thinks he should be doing. You know, this when it's so well written and so funny, and he's just sort of playing this broad character. So, again, it's the series felt that you realize that film, the like movie, isn't hasn't existed from like nineteen seventy onwards. There was movies like made in the twenties and the thirties. You know, and it's and it's becoming increasingly difficult to find these films. So if you do mm. find them, it is, there is so much joy to the film from watching these these movies because they are the. There's a reason the, the, why they're held the, up. Yeah, they're classics. For, yeah, it's another thing we might. This is back to my kids again. Sorry. Um, God, I'm such a parent. It's horrible. <laughs> but my, my kids will refuse point blank to watch a black and white movie. They're just kids just... And I'm, I'm going to assume it's not just my kids, but, you know, no, you I see a kid put yeah, on this black and white movie. Black and white movie. Either yeah, and, really mad about black and white films as well. And it's a shame because it is going to take, you know, people like us to... to carry that on and you know we're the audience and are we going to get to a point where 
no one wants to watch black and white movies. That's, that's it's horrible. It's, it's scary. That's my worry that these films will be forgotten because you know it's really this is the thing that I always fix it on. It's really dumb to fix it on this thing. I'm watching these old films. So I was watching like Frankenstein, so it was made in 1931. Okay, mm-hmm. so there's folk in that. There's actors in that film who are old. They're playing old actors. They're playing old characters. Yeah. So like, um, there's a guy called Frederick Kerr in it, for example, right? So he plays one of the sort of people who uh, I think one of the kind of lawyers and. Frankenstein, one of the kind of the land owners. Yeah. He was born in 1858. Wow. I mean, wow. like he was like people. People in this film are born like before even the concept of like the idea of cinema or even like you know recording human motion was like. Yeah. Believe. Wow. It's, it's, and yet they're, it's and yet wonderful. They're making careers as they make careers. As, oh, I think he was like a vaudevillian star and all that stuff, and be on the stage mm. and all that kind of stuff. But then he became he's on film. And it's like this guy was born like when you know when like people remember Lincoln. And yeah, and you watch them in a film. Yeah, like, I, like, like current affairs, you know, back then, you know, oh. was you know King George and shit like that. And I, like, he might even remember, like, crazy, like, you know, it's, he might it's remember, nuts, like, he, he might remember like, the Civil War or something. You know, that's that's a guy who possibly yeah. remember the Civil War. It's brilliant in a film that you can see a, like an actual person in. I mean, I, I guess there's always going to be hit, hit film historians that will keep. Uh, alive, or they, they won't let it die off completely. It'll never be entirely forgotten. But it's just that there's a whole this generation and maybe the next one. It's something that they'll never embrace, and and it's it's, it's a bit of a shame, man. Well, really, you know, I, I've mentioned this in the podcast before. I've seen it a few times where it's like half of all films made weren't released on VHS, and then even less than half again have been transferred to DVD, and it's even less again have been transferred to like Blu-ray and high definition. Mm-hmm. So there's an absolute like sort of plethora, a, like a treasure trove of film that is now just lost. Waiting. Can they be found again? That's the thing is that are they gone or this stuff is all shot in celluloid. Celluloid's got a like it's got a life expectancy. It will die off and these films can be lost. Yeah, it's just you know sad, I watched sad. a film recently called Waking Fright, it's an Australian film um with Donald Pleasance. Made in like the seventies, seventies was made, but it got lost. It just no one had a copy of it. It just disappeared. People knew this film existed because it had premiered and it had been like had it done a cinematic run. Then it just disappeared. And it's only Good. because one of the direct things, what some of the producers like Sun, found a reel in the attic of the film, and now they did the magic, it. The magic put it re- restored and whatnot. Yeah, it's, all, it's like oh, wow. films made in like the seventies are lost. Yeah, yeah, you know, no. The twenties and thirties, like the basically the, the beginning of what we know as cinema, like mm-hmm. so much of that stuff just isn't going to survive. And even the Frankenstein that you see now isn't the Frankenstein that was out. You know they've, they've, they've changed it slightly. You know the scenes have cut out, and depending on what yeah. version they've, they've transferred it from, there's stuff they're missing. So it is kind of crazy yeah. the idea like this that, that what like history like this is going to be lost. Whereas right now, because everything's digitized, like like everything has been recorded now, essentially. You know? It's preserved forever. It's basically uh-huh. there for, for all time. Um, you know, I've always said that, it's like immortality now is fleeting because what we are doing just now, do you know what I mean? It's, it's online, it's there forever and ever, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like my music that I make and, you know, shit that people do, it's like, you know, everybody's fucking instantly famous now, you know, I've uploaded something, there you go, you know, it's preserved forever and ever. There's a bigger record of me and you crazy. online of than the Boris Karloff movies. 
Yeah, it's nuts, man. Which is not, it's nuts. That's, that's not the ratio it should be, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, just one last point about the old Dark House that I think yep. you'll find quite interesting. Um, so we were watching, so this film was made in 1932, so it's a year after they'd done Frankenstein, they made this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're the, the driving to Wales um, through the Welsh countryside, it's pouring a rain, and, and uh, the, the kind of hero character starts singing like a parody of Singing in the Rain. Oh. And I had to pause it, and I was like, whoa, I was you're saying, Larry, Larry, stop, stop. And she's like, what, what is it? Because she's, she's fucking like, much fun. He's singing, singing the rain, but that, that wasn't out to the 1950s. And she's like, well, yeah, I don't know. And yeah, I was like, no, you need to go. So she had to go and get a phone, and she's Googling it, and she's like, okay. So it turns out that the song, Singing in the Rain, was written in the, the, the 20s. Right. And then the movie was made in the fifties, so yep. this fella is singing, this dear singing in the rain. Mm. I'm like, "What? Well, fucking nuts, man! It's not even a film, and he's singing the song." And I just thought that was really, really cool. I mean, yeah. I was like, I jumped on it straight away. I was like, okay. "That doesn't work." Do you know what I mean? And she was rolling the eyes, and she's like, "Okay, here's why." So yeah, so apparently it was a song before it was a movie, and it's been referenced in other movies before it was a movie That's as well. Kind of like 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 you never walk alone. You know, we everyone in this country now thinks it's a football song, not remembering it. Yeah. Actually. A musical and things like you know, it's like song, the song take on our life, you know. So, Singing in the Rain may have been a song in the 1920s, but everyone will just associate with a film in the 1950s. That's well, we forever identified as that, yeah. Or Whiskey in a Jar, which is always a, a, akin to Metallica or Finn Lizzie, but it's like an Irish folk song from oh, yeah. you know, 18, 17, whenever, or way, yeah. way, 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 way back, yeah. yeah. There's nothing wrong with that, you know, sort of, sort of yeah. and reuse them and sort of and repackage them in many ways, you know. Make sure but, um, yeah, that, 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 that survival that song is better than it needs to be forgotten, I think, as well. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. But it made me set up bolt upright, you know, and I was like, right, I, I, what was going on here? How can this be this time travel? What's, what's happening? It's not like <laughs> I, I got that mobile phone or anything halfway through the film. You're like, holy <laughs> shit, what's happening? <laughs> Sorry, Ada, there's, um, that's what I've half done for this week. It on it's, a... on, uh, it's on Prime Video, I'll Amazon Prime. It. I will yes, uh, definitely watch it. It's a free one on Prime, so anyone out there that's got Prime and, if, you know, you do want to see how things were, you know, done way, way back in the day before you had green screens and CGI and stuff like that. Um, it's a great, great film to watch. The dialogue is fantastic. It's really, it's knowingly funny as well. You know, it's yeah. like, it's, wink, it's winking at you and you're smiling when you're watching it. Um, and sometimes it's ridiculous, but in such a sweet, sweet way that it, you can, you, you'll love it. Watch it, will, you, you, you will love it. I will 100% watch that, definitely. Brilliant, yeah. brilliant. But speaking of Amazon Prime, let's move to Amazon Prime and one of their recent outputs. They're, you know, they're, they're, they are quite a nice wee depository of old films that they're now trying to put on, which is, I'm all for it. Um, mm-hmm. They also occasionally release new films. They put new movies they do. out. Um, and one of the new films they put out, I think a couple of weeks ago, was a film called The Ice Road. Mm-hmm. Directed by Jonathan Hensley, who directed a film called uh, uh, Kill the Irishman, um, also The Punisher, the one not the Dolph Lundgren one, the Thomas Jane one, and also Welcome to the Jungle. Um, the plot of this film is there is a mine collapse somewhere in sort of Alaska or the Yukon, or not the Yukon, the, uh, the North. Canadian. I think it's quite in Canada, it's kind of border, maybe. Border, right? So it's, it's yeah. somewhere very, very cold. Yeah. Uh, Basically, they can't get the miners out. The only way to get the equipment across to the miners is to drive across sort of a, like the frozen tundra, or the big giant frozen lakes with these massive trucks uh, yep. in order to get there. At the same time, the insurance company doesn't want to find out they were cut the corners, so there may be some espionage to stop the people who are driving the trucks getting across the lake. Um, On paper, this sounds like a good film. Yes. 
Doesn't it? On paper, this sounds great. <laughs> in the film, you've got uh, Liam Neeson. Um, so, just quickly, touch go. on Mr. Neeson. Um, so, remember Mr. Neeson's rant about three years ago? Yes. Um, about, yes. About, about black people and whatnot. So, yeah. I was, when that happened, I was like, whoa, you know, I was, I think me and you discussed it. We were just yep. like, what has Liam done? What has he done? Liam. His publicist has just got to kill himself. We yeah. were just like, Liam, you're saying the quiet like, parts out loud. Say them in your head. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And do you know what? I don't think Liam has suffered any ill effect from his, 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 his outburst. Liam is, still, Liam is still working, let's put it like that. So, uh, well, yeah. not the qualities there is one thing, but Liam is still definitely working. Yeah, yeah. He, he is, he's, get, he's getting roles, in, but it does seems to have been pretty much overall it, gone. Do, do you know what I mean? Um, it's, it's been, it's, yeah. yeah. People probably don't know what we're talking about. I bet there's a lot of people listening going, what did Liam Neeson do? Yeah. Look, look it up. Um, you know, they've they done something that they shouldn't have done. But um, I, I just don't feel like he's had, you know, real effects like Mel Gibson, um, you know, yeah. people like that, I've had Shia LaBeouf, stuff like that. He's just, he's like, you know, he's still making action movies, an old Irish dude, like, doing action shit. I think, yeah. Liam, I think Liam works cheap. So I think that might be part of the news. <laughs> so, possibly, possibly. <laughs> sorry, sorry. So Liam Neeson's in it. You've also got Larry or Lawrence Fishburne. I still know him as Larry. because I'm, I'm Larry, I call him Larry as well. Larry yeah. Fishburne. He, he likes it. As one of the, you know, very seedy lawyers. You get Matt Salinger, who, who who's Matt? Is, Matt Salinger's Captain America. Before Captain, Captain America Man. was cool, he was Captain yeah. America. Yeah. <laughs> you know who his granddad is? Who's his granddad? C.D. Salinger. Oh, well, yeah. okay. He's all, that, he's all that line, so you'll probably shoot yeah. himself soon. Uh, not, not, not that I wanted to do that, but I'm just saying that. Dude, that was horrible, man. You're turning, Liam, you're turning out Liam Neeson stuff. Uh, <laughs> uh, Benjamin Walker is also, Marcus Thomas is also in there, and the wonderfully named Amber Mid Thunder is also popping yeah. in it. And, um, I'm going to put it out there, Colin, very straight about this is not a good film. This is a chronically, I'm going to put it out there, it's actually a fucking bad film. It is, a, it is an action thriller <laughs> that is completely devoid of any real action and any real thrills. I was, to say I was bored during this film is an understatement. I thought this was absolutely awful. Wow. Neeson is barely awake. Like, honestly, it feels like they've propped Neeson up, you know, Weekend at Bernie style, and they're sort of puppeteering him through the film. He <laughs> does not want to be there. Um, the rest of the cast, well, I don't know if they're any better, but uh, are, are, are more engaged, but they've, not, they've definitely not got the acting talent in order to go along with it. Um, Larry Fishburne is, I mean, his role in it is, you know, minimal to say the least. You know? yeah. Um, yeah. It's bad. It's fucking bad. There is, it is, it's not officially doing this, but it is a plot. It is a, a remake of Wages of Fear. Have you seen Wages of Fear? Mm-hmm. I know, I've not seen it, but I know the film you mean. Yeah. You probably know the freaking remake Sorcerer. No. Roy Schneider, the track transport and nitroglycerin across the jungle. I've not seen that. I want to see right. that. That is a much fucking better idea. This film, basically, the, the <laughs> guy's driving and it's sort of like basically. Remember the Mandalorian episode recently when it's sort of like the truck. Yeah, the, 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 yeah, slowly, slowly, slowly. Yeah, that's basically that's the saucer film. So that's it's, it's um Captain or uh, Chief Brody driving the trucks, trying to get him across the jungle um of like yeah, I, think, I think it's Mexico and not Mexico like sort of Peru and things like that. Yeah, They're driving on like Shirley bridges and all that stuff, and they can't. And the nitroglycerides basically in like sort of little glass canisters and 
if it any real bump and it will explode. So it's just trying to get us across the, the the jungle with like people chasing them. It, honestly, yeah. one of the most tense films you ever see. Fucking amazing! It's absolutely amazing. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm mentioning it because it's a it's a much better film than what this is. This is fucking horrendous. Um, and at 100, 110 minutes long. It overstays pretty much every minute of that 110 minutes. <laughs> um, utterly dull and like Colin, I like are you, you going to? Well, I enjoyed it. Um, I'm just going to say I enjoyed it. Um, oh, I, 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 I did. I did. I watched it because um, because you told me that Barry hated it. And I was like, but Barry drives trucks. How can someone who drives trucks for a living <laughs> hate a movie about trucks being driven? Um, so that 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 intrigued me. Um, and I texted Barry to say, I'm going to watch it. And he went, you're an idiot. Uh, you watch it if you want, but you're never getting that time back. Um, and I watched it that very night. And I, I enjoyed it. Um, what did you I, like about I, this film? What was, what I was just like took it, it for what it was. Is It was just... Silly and fun. Um, Fishburn was wasted. I'll, I'll give you that. Um, I yes. didn't think Neeson was sleepwalking. I think this is Neeson's acting style that he's been developing over the past fifteen years. I, I do. I think oh, if you watch, he's, he's done a lot of things recently, but he's got a bit more of a spark to him. This you could literally. This should have been called paycheck. He was literally doing this for a paycheck. This I don't must, think he was. I think Neeson works cheap and he works fast. And I think I don't that's think he was that bad. And yeah. I thought. I thought there was a few tense sequences in it, like the kind of you know the, the, the ice cracking and stuff like that, and where to get there. Whatnot. It was long. Um, yeah. It definitely could have done with some clever editing. It, it was maybe I would say an eighty-minute film at best. Yeah. Um, it could have, you know, there was a few bits, you know, creeping towards the end of them. Like, have we done now? Oh right, okay. Uh, you know, the last twenty minutes does, you know, is come on, hurry up, guys. We, we know yeah. where we're going now. Um, but I, I honestly enjoyed it for what it was. It was just a pure dumbass. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it was a good plot. In fact, it was just a dumb action film. That's exactly what it was. And it ticked that box for me. That that was a. I think it's not dumb action films. Like I love a dumb action film, and I love a dumb action film with a dumb premise as well. Um, but it has to be done right, and this just was. This this was this just felt lazy. Like everything about it felt absolutely lazy. Oh, I mean, yeah. there's potential there with like some of the scenes, like they're going across ice cracking and the sort of mm. the pressure wave and all that kind of stuff, and what they're like, trying to do, and the sort of the government es- the, the sort of espionage mm. part of it. There is definitely potential to do something there, but it just I never done enough with it. Like I, I would argue that a more skilled director would be able to find a way to uh, yeah I was just about things. to say that the direction is heavy handed there's no subtlety to it you know what I mean um, you know it just kind of lumbers from one scene to the next to the next and at no point are you ever thinking how is this going to work out how's mm. you know what's going to happen you kind of know every trope's there and it does tick all the kind of action boxes that it's all there but I, that's what I took it for I wasn't going in looking for you know, an Oscar-winning performance from Neeson or Fishburn. I wasn't looking for, you know, Marvel-level CGI and stuff like that. I, I just watched it thinking, you know, let's let's see what Barry hates and what Richard's not not enjoying so much. And I, I, I honestly, I mean, I think with Barry, um, Barry's a truck driver. He yeah. loves trucks. Barry, when he's not driving a truck, he's playing truck games on his PlayStation or his phone yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah, but Barry is just thinking trucks all the time. So I think Barry is looking at it from, you know, a jobbing point of view, you know, I, yeah. I do this shit for a living. That's that that can happen. 
Whereas I'm an idiot. I'm like, wow, you know, trucks can do that. Fuck me. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, I think you're going from the technical aspect, possibly. Um, and I think that, I think that's that's the melting point of the three of us. So you've got, you know, the, the kind of the driver, the, the the film kind of student and the idiot. And <laughs> the idiot <laughs> liked it. <laughs> yeah, I, I did. I, it wasn't, I mean, it's, it's not something I'm going to watch again. And, you know, you could have said to me what happened at this bit, and I'll be like, maybe this, I can't really remember. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's a throwaway film, you know, it's you watch it and it's done and that's it. But it, it, is, it's it made for, it is an old straight to DVD, straight to video. Yeah, movie. absolutely. Like, yeah, Amazon yeah. is where the film belongs. You know, yeah. it's where it should be. It should not have been in the cinema. Yeah, uh, no, I would, I would have felt a bit more cheated if I'd paid like, money to see that, you know, I maybe would have kind of been more inside of you and Barney and be like, what the fuck happened there? But, you know, for sitting in my bed, you know, when Lorraine's working and I'm having a beer and I'm watching a silly film, yeah, it, it tickled my toes. I, was, I watched it on a Monday afternoon. Maybe it, I would have been better watching it on a Friday night. Maybe that's kind of been the best time to watch yeah. a film. Possibly. But everything yeah. you're saying, I can agree with, but for me, it didn't make it any less of a fun ride. There, yeah, man. Man. Nah, there you go. That's yeah. that's that. Um, I'll give it a five. I'll give it a three. Yeah. Which is, I'm going to, I think, I'm, I think we should cast Barry's vote on account of three. We'll give a number we think Barry says. So one, two, three. Three. One. Oh, right. I said one. You said so. We're rounded out to two for him. Two. Barry, I gave it a two. <laughs> <laughs> um, He'll probably hate us for giving it such a high mark. High mark. Yeah, he probably gave it a zero. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but from that, we'll move on to another Amazon Prime movie, which is uh, mm. dropped this week, um, and that is one called The Tomorrow War, directed by Chris McKay, who directed the Lego Batman film, which I think we both... Uh, um, excuse Something? me, Chris... Chris. McKay. Thank McKay. you. It's always... Mc, dude, we're Scottish. We're not fucking Canadian. It's McKay, no, always. It's how he pronounces it. Some say, it's I don't it's McKay care McKay. how you do. I'm McKay. I know how I pronounce it. It's McKay. <laughs> okay, I'll go McKay then. <laughs> Um, so he read the Lego Batman. It is, it does, Mickey, but yeah, it is Mickey. I'm doing a fucking Mickey. I've never seen his own name, but I know he's me up so much because I always get that Mickey. I'm fuck off, and he's Mickey. Um, anyway, sorry, <laughs> um, he directed the Lego Batman movie, which I think we both enjoy to some degree immensely. Yeah, immensely. Um, so the plot of this film is and this is a batshit plot where <laughs> set in the year 2022 to begin with, well, yeah. during the World Cup final for some reason. In um, Qatar, is it? In Qatar, and people look at, at this, and the World Cup final appears to be Brazil versus Scotland, which in itself is completely fucking insane. So, <laughs> living in a weird world. During the world, during the World Cup final, in the last sort of ten minutes, all of a sudden, a portal from the future opens up and outstep all the people who basically tell the world that there's going to be an alien invasion, and. They have to come back from the past, the future, to get people from the past, to go to the future, and also fight they're the losing. war. They're losing the war, to fight yeah. the war against the, the, the aliens. Um, and that's essentially the plot. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and it, yeah. Um, in the film, you've got Chris Pratt. He plays sort of a, a retired super soldier. With our secret agent, not secret agent, he's like a... Navy SEAL type Navy character. SEAL, now working yeah, as a, yeah. a chemistry teacher or something, isn't he? So he's doing that. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Yvonne Strahowski, she is in it as well. She plays a role that, not like spoil what her role is in the film, but she's in the film. Uh, I like her from Chuck. You've got J.K. Simmons with a fantastic beard playing Chris Pratt's dad. 
Um, he was impressed. That's how I want my beard to be. That's that's what I'm aiming for right the there. That's, the the buildness of him. Uh, that's Betty. what Lorraine said. That she's like, look at the size of him, and he's an old man. And he is, he's, he's a decent age, yeah. He's um, freaking buff, man. Betty Gilkins also in it, and also one of my favourites, Sam Richardson, um, also is in it as well. Who was Sam Richardson? He was uh, the friend who, who goes back in time with him. Ah, right, okay. Um, quickly, Betty Gilpin is fast becoming my favourite actress. You like her? She she is stunning. Remember the one last year? Um, not Ready or Not, the other one she was in? The one where they get dropped off and they don't know where they are and they're getting hunted down? That, that one? one? Yeah, she, yeah, how great. She was amazing in that. She was putting in Nurse Betty, which you still haven't watched yet. I, I know you haven't. I can, yeah. yeah. Watch that and you'll see. She's fast becoming. She, she's special, man. She, she's got, she's got, she, she's got talent. Hell yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, this was a film that was supposed to be on a big screen. It was um, sold by Paramount to Amazon, and although Amazon didn't put out in cinema here, so I thought they might do because Amazon is sort of more proactive in putting things out in cinema. And you know, yeah. as opposed to like Netflix, it seems to be very much no, it goes to Netflix and that's it. Yeah, it's um, also, yeah. What you, I'll start. Well, you, I start. Laugh. What do you think of this one? What were your thoughts on this one? Um, I, I liked this one a lot. Um, it, it, again, like the last one we were talking about, it, it ticks every single trope. Um, yeah. You know, it, time travel, aliens, soldiers, um, destination jumping like nobody's business, um, character cliches, everything is in there. But it was done competently. It was done well. Um, Chris Pratt has... The, the man's got charisma. Um, you know, see, I mean, I know lately he's been getting a lot of stick about his kind of Christian views and whatnot, but I think he's got a charisma. He's got a presence on the screen, and I think he is. He, he's got a draw there, I think. Yeah, I disagree. Like, I like Chris Pratt. Like, I've, I've been, like, all the same, he's, he's weird Christian, um, sort of very weird church beliefs. Um, yeah. Like, he's very charming in Jurassic World. He's very charming in Guardians, obviously. He's great in Parks yeah. and Rec as well. His other film selections have been very odd. Like he's done that one, Passengers, where he basically plays like sort of a rapist in space. Um, that was a then, shit film, though. That, that was, yes. Overall, yeah. And then he's done this one. Because I think, I honestly think the one of the least interesting things in this film, which was Chris Pratt. Like I enjoyed the film. I thought the film is very much like sort of Edge of Tomorrow, obviously, is sort of a big player. Yeah. But also, yeah. it's, it kind of, it's got kind of Independence Day vibes, the sort of the way it moves, yeah. the, sort of the way it moves along, sort of, and the energy it brings to it. Also, yep. a little bit of Starship Troopers in there as well, obviously, with the creatures, which I thought were fucking brilliant. I thought the creatures looked genuinely creepy and weird. And sort of, Some of the best CGI aliens I've seen yeah. Christ, maybe in the last 15, 20 years. It's also yeah. just interesting, because I think I was talking to somebody else about this and saying, basically, for the last like, sort of 40 years, we get two types of aliens. We get nice aliens who are sort of like, I mean, across between E.T. and the sort of close encounter with Grey Man alien. That's the good alien. Mm. Or we get some of those the alien. The Geiger aliens. That's those are the two options. E, even things like a quiet place and stuff like that, they just missed the mark with the creature design. Do you know what I mean? Stuff like that. Yeah. Right, yeah. That, that, absolutely. Those, those, those are the two types of aliens we get. And this is not that. Apart from one reason, the only film I can think of a better alien in it that I really enjoyed was Cloverfield, which is a fantastic looking weird monster. Mm, yeah. 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 So yeah. That, that's I'll take it. I love that part of it. Um Pratt is, like I said, I think he's fine, but I just think he sort of was a bit of a void for me. I love Sam Richardson. I think he's exceptionally funny. I think he will be a big breakout star this year. He's got a film coming out soon called Werewolves Within, which apparently is okay. like shot. It's almost Shaun the Dead with Werewolves. Apparently, he's getting fantastic reviews. So I'm really looking forward to that. Really funny guy. 
and really good actor as well. Um, the action is it's enjoyable. It's a lot of fun. Like the bit when they first go through the portal and you see it in the land sort of like, I think it's Miami the land in. And the portal I think so, goes, yeah. The portal goes awry and they sort of landing from like about 50,000 feet up or something, you know? Yeah. That's a fucking great, that's a great action scene. It's re- and at that point, that's where I thought, I want to be in the cinema right now. Yeah. I, I want to see this. And I want the screen to be in my face and the, the, the noise and the screaming. And yeah, totally. That's when I thought this this needs cinematic release. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's I think that's what I film missed. And I think it was in the cinema probably come out going, this like, that was actually a really great, enjoyable sci-fi movie because of watching it at home. Still enjoyed it. It was a good Friday night movie. It felt like a good Friday night film. Same problem as a lot of films you do. It was probably at least maybe 20 minutes, 25 minutes too long. long. Yeah, yeah. And once they come back from the future, um, you know, (laughs) it does get stupid. Like, in a film that's ridiculously stupid to begin with, it gets even more... It loses away a bit. Um, And it kind of... trips over its own rules now and again. Yeah. There's a few bits where you're like, wait, wait, um, but why did that happen? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you, you can't just say that happened and not tell us. Yes. Tell us. It's hard to speak out and not spoil, isn't it? That's, 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 is the it? With, that's the problem with time travel films, because like, when they're done yeah. with time loop films and they're done well, you appreciate it. Like, did you, did you mind to see Palm Springs on Amazon recently? No, I've not, no, no. That is a phenomenal time loop film. Like, it's, I'm going to put it out there, I think it actually might be better than Groundhog Day. Like for, for what it does with the genre, I think it's fantastic. There's also one called The Map of Tiny Perfect Things as well. Another wonderful, it's on again, again on Amazon Prime. Oh, Amazon Prime seems to be very big on time loop films these days. Fantastic yeah. time loop. Even last year, year before, Happy Death Day, Happy Death Day 2. Yeah, to you. Um, source Code, one of my favourite time loop films. Well, yeah. The time loop is something I, I, I really enjoyed. Time loop yeah. Film, but yeah. you've got to stick to your rules. You have to, you have to control your rules and you have to make sure you, mm. you know, embrace those rules and make sure you stick to them. Otherwise, the rest of the film becomes sort of a bit invalid if you just sort of decide to break them out again. If something happens, I don't need it force-fed to me as to why it's happened, but I need yeah. to in my own brain come to a reasonable conclusion to I know yes. why that happened. I know what happens if that doesn't happen. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So I need to be in this film at times, you're like, why? Do you know, there's no... There's no logic at the beginning of the end here you've just kind of said this but you've not so so you know do something with it and that, that kind of frustrates me about the same right. as you with time films yeah 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 whereas edge of tomorrow is time loopy film and it does it better yeah 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 i know that is a fast um sequels coming out to that i'm gonna be well as well it's just gonna be interesting. i'm i'm intrigued yeah. to see what they do with sequel but that yeah, has a problem yeah. with this film for example like every film i've mentioned that i like that it reminds me of are better films yeah like, I'd rather sit and watch Independence Day, Origin Tomorrow, or Starship Troopers than watch this. But while watching this film, I had no problem watching it. I was like, you know what? This is utterly dumb. It's yeah, silly, it's, it's fun. fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that that was the key word. It's fun. Uh, me and Lorraine watched it, and Lorraine was kind of, you know, she was like, yeah, it was okay. It wasn't bad. I mean, she, she enjoyed it as well. But after, because I think the problem with us idiots like us is if it's sci-fi or aliens were more invested to begin with anyway. Um, so yeah. we are slightly more forgiven. But I think even for your person that's not into that particular genre, there's fun to be had there. It is just, you know, like sip a beer, watch the film, and yeah, you, you're going to have two hours of fun. Definitely. Exactly. Definitely. Exactly. Out yeah. of um, out of 10, what are you giving it? I would give it a 7 out of 10. Yeah, that seems fair. I would give it 6.5 yeah. out of 10. But yeah, no, yeah. I, I, think it's, I think it's solid enough that you can... Yeah, you'd recommend somebody. I would recommend anyone who's watching it to watch it, like say on a Friday night, maybe after a drink, just to sort of enjoy it. I wouldn't really watch it as like 
you know, Wednesday after work and you thought, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Watch your friend as well, because it is one that, you know, you, you kind of bounce back for with. And big TV, you need a big TV. The yeah, bigger the TV you've got, the better. And like I said, I would love to watch this film, like, sitting next to yourself. You know, I think we were going to yeah. have a lot more fun watching it. Like, Definitely. Together, like, in, in the cinema, it would been a great way to watch it. Um, back to that creature design, though. Jesus Christ, that was quite amazing the creatures you could that's where you know the money's went there you know they've just yes. thought let's you know let's make fucking good creatures and by god they they, they really really did excel themselves they've outdone just, the industry so far it's, by being wow. genuinely sort of unique and interesting and that's a big difference you've got to do something that's do something that's interesting do something that's a bit unique don't just yeah go over the same ground again 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 they actually done something that's like holy shit that is messed up and yeah, that's what I liked about it. It was something completely different, and um, which yeah. I've not seen before. So yeah, I, I, um, I'm at, a big at the very start, Lorraine nailed it straight away. She was like, "Well, Kano's important. We won't spoil it. But if the Kano's are, are important, and she nailed it. As soon as the boy turned up, she was like, "Yeah, that's that's key. And I, I'm, I'm an idiot. I mean, I'm like, is it? Is it? Yeah, Anything it mentioned in the first twenty minutes, <laughs> you know, it was, it, was more amazing, it was more amazing that the winning goal in the World Cup 2022 didn't become an important pivot point. You know, that sort of. That's <laughs> um, yeah. It was weird. They, they did do the football match quite well, though. It, it did, you know, it did feel like, it, gee, you know, they've kind of Qatar World Cup. They've, they've done this really, really well. Um, um, yeah, apart, from, apart from having possibly Scotland in the final, which was odd. But Scotland have played have played Brazil before, haven't they? They've never beat them. Yeah, it's not a world ah, cup yeah. Title, though. <laughs> yeah, but no, not in the final, but I know they've played and I know they've done, you know, they've kind of held held their ground. Um yes, we have. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Enough football talk. No, I'm not not doing that. Not I don't that. I don't do um, football. So no. it recommend a six and a half from yourself well, from yeah. me, seven from you. So it's not bad. Yeah, absolutely. Enjoyable, enjoyable nonsense. On from that, we go on to the film that's out in the cinema this week. They probably the big release, so the big release we've been waiting for, and that is yeah. Black Widow, um, the twenty-four yeah. film in the MCU, uh, directed by Kate Shortland, who directed the Berlin Syndrome and the Silence. So coming from quite an indie background, as you see, an Australian filmmaker. Um, the plot of this one is it's set post Civil War, before obviously all just, the yeah, just after yeah. stuff happens. Um, Black Widow is sort of in hiding from the government because she is broken the Scovia protocols. She then gets targeted because she has something, the, the, the usual MacGuffin, and she has to team up with her sister and her father in order to sort of defeat the evil baddie. Yeah. Fred, Fred, you have described every Marvel film right that now. That's basically it. There's a MacGuffin, <laughs> you have to then defeat a bad person. Um, along the way, they learn about life, love, and who they are. And then um, make a new friend. Yay. And make a new friend. Um, <laughs> in the film, you've got Scarlett Johansson re, you know, um, bringing back Scarlett Johansson, bringing back um, Black, Black Widow. Um, Natasha Romanov, yep. I think for the last time, probably. Um, you also get Florence Pugh, the adorable Florence Pugh, playing her sister. Rachel Weisz plays the mother. Uh, David Harbour plays her father. Um, and also plays, what's his name? He is the Red Guardian, isn't he? Red Guardian, yeah, the Russian Captain America. Yep, and you also have this is what made me dislike this, not dislike the film, but sort of made me go, uh, Ray Winston is your main baddie, um, yeah. and also, um, he has employed by him the, uh, the, the peace, not, not peacemaker, it's um, Taskmaster. Yeah, Taskmaster is, is the, the, the kind of super villain, shall we yes. say, because Ray Winston's not the super he's, villain, no, he's not the super villain, yeah, no. yeah, yeah, um, so, um. This, for me, was a very standard but functional addition to the MCU. Like, it wasn't in any way bad. 
but I didn't really think it was breaking any real new ground with what the Marvel Universe has done sometimes. You know, maybe not, not breaking new ground, but sort of, it didn't feel in any way sort of, sort of, it didn't stand out for me, you know, and th- this is the film, that, oh, it's not its fault, it's the first film back off and, you know, back from the, you know, from the, the hiatus, you know, that's all yeah. happened. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it, like, it's, it's, again, it's two hours and 23 minutes, man, it's, it's too fucking long. Um, it should it could have been cut down a bit, um, but it's it's nice, it's enjoyable. I, I really enjoyed um, Florence Pugh, and I think she's a fantastic actress. Um, I have a, I have a. She's of, great. Yeah. So I let's have, let's dis, let's dissect that. So I I think she stole the movie from from yes. everyone, and to steal it, I mean, Scar Joe is. I, I guess it's debatable, leading lady or not. Um, do you know what I mean? Box office draw, but she, she can act. Yes, Scarlett Johansson and the, the character she's playing is MCU iconic. Do you know what I mean? Us yes. nerds know who Black Widow is, and we we will embrace her. And to steal to steal that away from ScarJo is Jesus Christ. I mean, yeah. Florence Pugh is. Um, I, I don't want to say spoilers, but at the very very end, obviously we know where it's going now. I mean, you know, this girl's. Fucking carved herself something, you know. She she's owned this and they've given her it. And yeah, I, mean, wow. I love her because I, I remember seeing her in. Um, I saw a film maybe, maybe like maybe maybe five or six years ago. I might be wrong on that. Called Mrs. Macbeth. I don't know if you saw it. Um, no, I was properly raving about what she plays like sort of a Mrs. Macbeth type character who's like it's all in a loveless marriage set set in the eighteenth century. Um, mm. And the film is good, but she is fucking amazing in it. Like she is genuinely yeah. brilliant in it. And I was like, holy shit, this like this girl is going to be like in a in, a, in the same way we really love um, Sasha Ronan. Sasha, so, like, yeah. Like she, this, like this, this girl is going to be absolutely phenomenal. And then she from that she did obviously she did um, fighting with the families to the next big one, which on paper it is. It's just a generic feel good film, but she elevates it to to this kind of you you don't want to. Look away when she's on screen. You uh-huh. just want to see what she's doing. Magnetic look about her, and everything I've seen her in yeah. so far. She was also in uh, the Falling. I thought she was very good in it as well. Um, looking at that, she was in recently. Um, I was, I really good. Little Woman. She was lovely in Little Woman as well. Um, me and Jill we watched Midsummer a couple of days nights ago, and she's fantastic in that as well. Um, she's just, uh, Outlaw King as well. She was very good in as well. She's she has just got something about her. Uh, Lady Macbeth was the name of the film. Out in twenty sixteen. Um, and I was sort of like, I hitched my wagon and I was going, this girl's going to be big. So I'm, I feel in some way responsible, if not proud, that Forrest Pure has become a household name. Um, and I feel very honoured that I was. Good, no, good, good. That, that, she, that was, she has. I was on the ground level. Like, I, I was on early doors. I'm not, I'm not jumping on them now saying that she's good. I, I knew from what the get-go this girl was. This girl was but awesome. What's happened now is she's got her toe in the Marvel door and that's yeah. going to make her as accessible to everyone else as we've already found her to be. Exactly. And then from there, she's going to get to that point where she's going to pick and choose her roles and that girl's going to do some... She, right. She's going to win an Oscar. Um, yeah, give it she time, she, she will pick up an Oscar. She is absolutely outstanding. And um, she's best friend of Pinkton Bear, which I think is, you know, obviously, if you're best friend of Pinkton Bear... Oh, but, but, what, but Ben? Is she, is she Ben's no, best no, friend? No, with, with the actual Pinkton Bear. She tweets Pinkton Bear on Twitter and he tweets back to her. Oh, that's lovely. That's, lovely. Um, that's really thank you. Um, um, the chemistry the between... I, um, I enjoyed it immensely. Um, yeah. I'll go into what I didn't like about it. There's one thing that really, really pissed me off a lot. I'm still quite seething about it just now. Um, but no, I, I thought it was fun. Um, David Harbour 
brought a lot of humour. And not I thought enough, that the, not enough. Like not sorry, not he, enough. He, Every scene with him was funny, but not enough. Him, not enough for him and Rachel. Yeah, it wasn't as much as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Seemed advice as well. I think um, the chemistry between Johansson and Pugh was really good. Um, yeah, I, I think Pugh could have, you know, she she could act her way out, of, you know, around anyone. But yeah. they had a chemistry that, that definitely worked between the both of them. And yeah. um, the action was handled really, really well. I mean, it, this was like James Bond action. Because um, what's nice about this is it's not. Superpowers, you know, they're all they're all essentially Batman. You know, they're all yeah. people with, with fancy suits and gadgets. You know, oh, there's no. I, I thought the opening scene, let's see, the opening sort of like ten minutes, mm-hmm. that was sort of the best action of the impact, like the most interesting action of the. That was really, yeah, that was really really well done. Um, because like end, not to spoil, but it ends with a big battle in the sky, and once again. It's, your, it's Marvel's, you know, it's, it's, their, it's their thing now. You know you're going to get it. And you always, this is what gets me. You, 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 you I know, get I, so angry every time. And it's I like, dude. Time, I'm just certainly going, I was watching going, this again, there's a big battle in the sky, which again, yeah. that's what they do. But I'm just like, oh, they need to do that. They don't think any other way. They're really smart guys working this. not any other way to do this from other than a big battle in the sky. It's um, just Marvel, dude. That's I, the, I, enjoyed, like, I enjoyed it. Like, it, it's, a, it's a good big battle in the sky. It's a fun yeah. battle in the sky. But yeah. it's still just a battle in the sky. Battle on the sky. Um, I really liked um, the the helpers character, the the, the kind of English boy that that yeah, caught her stuff. I'm, he's an, he's he was I think intriguing. He's quite big, so I'm intrigued to know if he's gonna have like a bigger role going forward. Like he'll maybe be like sort of another right hand man of another character who is in this film who continues on. Yeah. Um. Right. So what? what the, t- two things that, that have annoyed me, and there's probably a backlash for one. Um. And and well, I'll probably get back after. Well, I, I, why did they make Taskmaster a woman? Um, that th- this character is, is a male character in the DC universe. Um, I, and it just I, I kind of get times are changing. Women need better roles than that. But you know, you're taking a character that, that's been established for you know 20, 30 years in the MCU. Uh, you know, it's always been this, and I just I don't. I just like well. Why? I'm going to come from the point of view from I think when the film film just came from, um, which is I, I read Marvel comics. I had no hmm. fucking clue who the Taskmaster was. Therefore, I have no actual caring over who or what gender played the Taskmaster. They could have made it a monkey, monkey in a suit, but when they said to me it's been a man, female, it could have been a complete robot for all kids. I didn't know enough of the character to know there's anything wrong with it. But I, I know there has been a backlash on Twitter about this, the fact that they've made it a, 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 a female character rather than a male character. I, I think the, the, within the context of the story, it made sense. And honestly, don't care. Do you think it's not a big enough character to care about? So yeah, that's, really, that's you know, think, If you're think, that invested, it just seems weird to I'm take sure something and just... I'm sure there are 20 or 30 yeah. Taskmaster, like sort of like, you know, aficionados out of who love that character to the end of the earth. But see, honestly, for the rest of the world, and see, honestly, they're not making these MCU movies for the, those 20 guys, and it will be 20 guys. They're making it for, you know, for a, for a million people to go and pay to see that film. So if making a Taskmaster a woman rather than a male, it doesn't do anything to the story. It doesn't take away anything from the story. It just, that's just the role the cast has. And honestly, I have absolutely, I had zero issues with whatsoever. Yeah, cool. And uh, the other issue I've got uh, that you touched on briefly at the start is Ray Winston. What, what film is he in? Because he, I mean, Ray, Ray Winston, he can act. Ray Winston, we've seen him in stuff before that, that he can act. But in this, he, he was all over the place, man. I, right. his, he, he couldn't, and I get 
do I mean I'm, I'm not an actor I get I've tried you know we do mock American accents it's hard yeah. to do an accent but if that's your job you know what I mean yeah. that, that's your wares man that, that's your trade that's what you do for a living man you act you become a completely different character Jesus it, it was dreadful I, um, I do not think that anyone who does bet 365 ads should be allowed to be in a, the main lead villain in, a, in a, mar, a major cinematic movie Oh, dangerous territory, because then you start to think, so Harvey Keitel does car insurance ads? Oh, damn. Yeah, but the difference is, Harvey's done his movies first, and now he's going to count as... He's done a movie and he's going back to get it. I just, it's just... It I, was don't think, I don't like once as an actor. I think he just... He, he epitomizes everything to me that I don't like about that sort of English fucking twat, you know, that kind of English governor character. You know, he well... Had, he had, he epitomizes that. He might not be like that in real life. Yeah. The roles he plays, that's what he epitomizes to me. No, de- de- he's definitely in the Guy Ritchie School of Filmmaking, yeah. for sure. You know, um, but no, I mean, he's been around for a long, long time, and I've seen him doing some, I mean, like, they'd done Scum when he was young, you know, like yeah, back, yeah. way, way back in the day, and he was great and stuff like that. He's done a few Westerns that he's been good in and stuff like that. And I, I've seen Ray Winston act, albeit, yeah, he, you know, he's Ray Winston, you know, acting, um, but this was just, Honestly, I mean, his accent went all over the place. Um, Me, it felt, see, honestly, him and Ray Winston in the the lead villain role, that made the film feel cheap. And it's not a cheap film. We spent money on this film. Oh, Christ, yeah. Big, big budget, yeah. Big, big budget. Huge huge budget. Having him in the film made it go a little bit cheap. You know, it felt like you went for, like, the big, you you know what it made me of? See, remember when they did him gone in 60 seconds? You ever seen that film? Oh, yeah, yeah. And you've yeah. got like Nicholas K, you've got Scarlett, you've got um, Angela Jolie in it, you've got all these big actors in it, Robert DeVal's in it, and then the mm. main bad guy is Christopher Eccleston. You're going, really? Like, is that the best you can uh, do? That's what you've got. Um, interestingly, you, know, you get, you know, Sinbad is a baddie against Army. Yeah, and you're like, who's the who? You know, there is, um, you went cheap with a baddie. Interestingly, though, um, what, what I was texting Andy back and forth about this. Um, we all know Andy's done a podcast years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was saying, you know, like it, it wasn't, you know, a particularly kind of standout villain, same with Taskmaster, they're, they're kind of they're forgettable villains. And he was saying, but yeah, like it's harder for Marvel to retcon like massive supervillains, you know, because this yeah. all happened pre endgame and stuff like that. So, you know, let's just show on in some low budget villains that. You know, you can throw them away. You know, yeah, we fucking dealt with them. Move on to the next one. Do you know oh, what I mean? You don't have to. They're not Thanos. They're not massive villains. Um, but, no, just... but, what, but, but what you can look at, and I think is, is an important look at, you can make your villain almost be a disposable villain. But if you cast it right, it becomes interesting. Like, Loki was supposed to die yeah. in the first um, Thor movie. Or the second yeah. in Dark World. So he was supposed to Dark, die in that yeah. film. And he didn't because the actor imbues the character a lot that you want to watch it again. Daniel Bro with um, Zemo, Zemo, yeah. same yeah. idea. You you want that character to you actually you don't, you don't root for the character, but you kind of go that character is interesting. I want to keep watching them. And there has been baddies you can go. This is something I want to see what this guy can do. But with these two, they're just, just they're so. And, and, 
but it felt very like two thousands, like sort of that yeah. level by it. You know, sort of, like, like sort of like someone who doesn't know comics writing comic book movies. You know, someone who just sort of like throws a name at it. Yeah, um, just just what was Winston thinking? Where was he at with that? It's just it was bad acting. It was yeah. it was just bad bad acting. Um, also, funnily as well, um, there's all these dodgy. Russian accents kicking about. Yeah. And the one person that's Russian didn't get to speak a single word. How funny is that? This yeah. is it's quite bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. That's um, fucking we, strange. We, we, right? we went harsh on the film. I, I mostly enjoyed the film. Like I thought like, I enjoyed it, it immensely. It's an yeah. entertaining popcorn movie. It could lose ah, absolutely. 20 minutes, but it for the time in the cinema, it was nice. I got a wee tingle when I felt when I heard yeah. the Marvel theme kicking in. Yeah. That yeah. was nice. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. it, and it's, it is a nice welcome back to the Marvel Universe, but maybe not quite the bombastic sort of weird back motherfuckers that you can't I think a big part of the problem is, is, you know how it ends for Natasha? That, that's the problem. That's, you know, you know, yeah, we know, we know where this is going, you know, we've all seen Endgame, we know what happens. Um, but though, interestingly, which, where it sets up at the end of the film, I think is quite an intriguing way to go. I'm, I'm yes, which goes back to Pew again, because it's been confirmed that she's going to be in that particular series that I don't know if people still want to spoil it. So it's been confirmed she's in that series. All right, that'll be interesting. So she is going to be a character, um, which is I'm excited about. Um, suddenly, I'm sitting up and paying attention to this next live-action TV show we're going to be doing. Yeah. Um, I'm really, really like, wow. Um, just on a garden path again, sorry. Um, what I'm really looking forward to, mostly, um, I know we've got Loki just now, which I'm enjoying immensely. Um, we've had Captain America, like that, and WandaVision. What if has got me oddly excited? Yeah, oddly, I, I, oddly, oddly, oddly the, excited. You ever read the What If comics when they were like sort of? I like, never know. No, no. I, was, I, I read them. They're always really silly and kind of and sort of like they kind of disposable throwaway. I mean, the best example yeah. of the What If is sort of like the the DC Elseworlds when they done stuff like you know the Red Sun, which is sort of like the, the sort of the yeah the yeah. ultimate What If story essentially. Mm-hmm. Marvel done their own wee thing from like back in the think seventies and eighties and you know these sort of what if stories and some of them are good, some of them are stupid and don't really work, but you know, I actually quite I, I quite enjoy them. So yeah. I'm I'm liking the fact that I think apart from a couple of roles, mostly they're all voiced by the actors, I think's nice. Yeah, I think yeah, I think there's a couple of big ones that aren't coming back, but it is like ninety percent cast, I know, yeah. I know um Evans is not coming back. I know that. Mm. I can't I think possibly Cumberbatch isn't doing it. I awesome. don't remember seeing him, yeah. Yeah, most of the guys yeah. are doing it, it's a real whack. so that's nice, it's sort of, it, it doesn't become but I, I think with it being animated, they're going to have a lot of fun with it, and I think we're going to see Marvel at its goofiest, you know, fun-loving best, and I'm so, so excited for it. I'm pure buzzing for this cartoon to come out. Yeah, I'm not, well. I've, not yeah. Watched, I've not watched Modoc yet. Yeah, I mean, um, I've watched two of them, and I'm really struggling, dude. I'm, I'm oh. struggling a lot. Although I don't think that was originally for Marvel. Um, for what Andy was telling me, that it was Star TV that had made it, and Marvel took it off their hands. Yeah. Okay. So it was kind of not a Marvel franchise, and they just kind of thought, fuck it, we'll take it. it as part of a package, and they thought, yeah, we'll take it as well, and stuck the Marvel tag on it. But yeah, it's, it's more robot chicken than, than Marvel. Question yeah. in the Marvel pantheon of 24 films, where are you putting this as in like sort of like the, the listing? Is it, is it, is Ooh, it, um, middle without so if you put put, it in, I, it's middle for me, well, I middle, would say middle above and between like sort of Guardians of the Galaxy uh, 2 level type, that kind of level. 
No, I don't. I think I enjoyed Guardians just as much. I'd put it above four, four two, Iron Man two, possibly Iron Man three. Maybe I'm I'm your mouth, Iron Man three is a fucking masterpiece. Thing I'm putting your mouth out. <laughs> I'd, I'd probably put it kind of mid tier. Let's say same as you. I, I enjoyed it immensely, and I got you know the goosebumps were there, and the references to Hawkeye and Captain America, and you know like. They never brought anything in, which I thought was good. I thought it was good they showed that restraint and never gave us any any of the kind of cameos and whatnot. I, I thought they'd done clever with that. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I had the goosebumps and the tingles, and I enjoyed that it was in the same way Winter Soldier was a spy yeah. movie. This was kind of similar to I mean, it was like a kind of James Bond action movie. Did it quite have the same punches as that? But yes, they were trying to go for it. They were trying to make it they're trying to make it almost standalone, but not, you know, they're trying to make it as its own wee thing, but it's only kind of like almost Cold War espionage thing. Yeah. It didn't quite hit the tone right in the same way, but the idea was there. Yeah. Um, I did like that we got an answer to the question of what happened in Budapest. Or yes, Budapest. That, was um, that That was really, you know, it's about time because we've always kind of wondered, you know, we've always been oh, waiting, 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 waiting for it. Be, I would have quite liked that if that became like sort of like the Kobayashi Maru in Star Trek. You know, no one oh, really yeah. knows what it is, <laughs> but you know, something fucking messed up happened there. I An eternal mystery. Uh-huh. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, love child or something. And... Something is. <laughs> you, knew, you knew whatever happened there was violent, but you just kind of knew what it was. Yeah, you didn't know what it was, but I, I enjoyed it. Um, I think, uh, on a terms of ratings, I would give it a solid eight, eight and a half out of ten. Comfortably, comfortably. I'm saying seven out of ten. Ray Winston, if he wasn't in this film and was replaced by any other actor, who would you have cast instead? As that villain? Ooh, ooh, that's that's pretty damn good, actually. Um, in my mind, I've got one in my mind I want to cast it, and I don't think you do it now. You can play the villain sort of too often and or too iconically. I would, I would have had Brian Cranston. Christoph Waltz, maybe? That's, that's a good show, actually, as well. Waltz is a very yeah, good show. He, yeah, he, he could... He's, good, he's got that sneer about him and, the, you know, the arrogance and stuff like that, and he can act I as well. Could, um, I can see him putting him as sort of, like, the father of Zemo. Possibly. That would work as well. Yeah, Cranston's, <laughs> Cranston's a good show. I think Cranston could have worked as well. Just anyone but, but Ray Winston. Um, and as I say, I've got... I have got obviously more respect than you do for for Winston's you know um, body of work, but <laughs> yeah, I, I have no idea what he was doing with that film. I don't know if he just didn't understand the role or yeah. the directors, or he just he missed the mark by a long, yeah. long, long, long way. I think I think Winston said yes to any film, and he said yes to this. He said he'd take up and say yes to one. It became a Marvel film. Yeah, I'll, get a good I'll take it. It, it, it was like. It was like the England Italy penalty shootout. He shot the bed and he missed. Yes, that's, he, he that, missed that's, I got out a football reference. How football reference <laughs> <laughs> um, well, seven out of ten for myself. Eight and a half out of ten for myself from you. So it's, it, we're definitely saying it's worth one. Worth one. Yeah, yeah. And I think I'll watch. It's one of those ones. Like, like, I mean, I watch Infinity War again and again and again. End War, yeah. you know, um, End Game again and again. There's certain other ones I watch. I could watch 10 times back to back and still be entertained. This is one that's like kind of Ant-Man 2 where I'd maybe need to leave it a while, go back to it, and I'll enjoy it maybe but just as much and pick up more, but I won't. There's no rush for me to go out and see it immediately. As we're all prone to do, doing a, a Marvel sort of um, viewing fest, you know, doing them all in a row, you know, which we've all mm. done from time to time, I think this is kind of one of the ones we're going, 
I wouldn't mind a nap during this one. You know, I, I can probably live with not engaging this one. You know, where right here's here's a, I was reading this in maybe the Guardian or something. Um, chronic, chronologically, where would you watch it? Um, would you watch it after Civil War or yes, would you yeah, watch it after Endgame? We did a chronological Marvel watch um, recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it doesn't actually that much mixed up, to be honest. The only kind of difference is you've got to insert Captain... You, you do Captain America first, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you've got to stick in Captain Marvel sort of like after the Captain America's, basically. Yeah, would this have been a better received movie if it was released after Civil War? Do you think? I think it would have made more sense at that point. But I think the biggest yeah. is, is one of my problems is you know she survives yeah. and you know what ultimate um, yeah sort of story arc is. Um, and this is just really this is this film is more not about it's actually not about Natasha. It's actually setting up Natasha's replacement essentially. That's yeah, the point. that's actually the absolutely. Point of Civil War. To make sure there yeah, is a little S character in the film, yeah. everyone knows it can't be Natasha. Yeah, they need something in it. So that's that's the, the whole point. of This film is about is about that. Although I'm trying to do this without spoilers. Um, yeah, at the very very end, the the, the post credit, which was yeah. visiting something, and she whistled. Were uh-huh. you waiting for that whistle? I was. I, I, was. I, was, I was like, no way can they? How the fuck can they do? Look, they never find God, but I was, you know, I was like. Can I, I think I stopped breathing for that yeah. point. I was like, oh my, are they, are they actually going to do this? Um, if they've done that, it's exceptionally cheap and I've been very annoyed. Uh, absolutely. Or, or like, amazingly well done on Marvel. I've they managed to do it, but in fact, they, they never, but I was, I was like proper, like, you know, squeaky bum on the seat, you know, <laughs> oh my God. They're not going to, and they, they never, thankfully. They did, thankfully. Um, that, that was, it was a good post credit on, and it, it's it. really, it's really got me excited and, and a big, something. big way for, yeah, absolutely, yeah. which I'm looking forward to. I'm all for it. So, that's us for this week. Next week, what we have on is we have got another Liam Neeson film. I reckon we could do this podcast every single week. The man works quick, the man works cheap. Um, <laughs> this one, Liam is doing a romantic comedy sort of rom com dram called Made in Italy, which actually seems quite a touching story about um, it's him and his son acting together, which you don't really see very often um, for any actor. To do. I, think, I don't even know, did Sean and Jason ever act together? I'm just trying to think. I think they did, but I can't from life remember quite remember which film. I remember, I remember the Douglas's all acted together at one point, like Colin. yeah, the Quades have done it and stuff yeah. like that as so well. This is, yeah, this yeah. is all about um, father and son going to Italy to deal with the death of his wife and her, uh, like her and his mother, and obviously the, the Neeson family. You know, we had that, that's sort of that's quite yeah, it's very quite po- poignant. Yeah, yeah. Point. so it seems like. Big, big Liam can act, so it's nice when he does yeah. get a chance to sort of flex those different muscles while in just this action genre he's in. So I'm actually quite intrigued to see what it is, and that's on Amazon Prime. Quickly, on, on you said made in Italy, just very just made me think of something there, which is there's a loop here somewhere. Um, Ben Jen's back, what do you think? I believe, uh, Benifer, if you want to call it, or whatever, I believe that Ben Affleck is purely shagging Jennifer Lopez in order to piss off the ex Yankees player. No, ben no, Affleck. no, Jennifer, Jennifer Gardner. Sorry. Oh, he's back with Jennifer Garner again? I thought he was back with Yeah, pa- pa- no, no, apparently he's back with Garner. Because Garner doesn't like Kevin Smith and that'll stop, that'll stop Ben and Kev hanging out. Well, do you know what? I'm, 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 dude, I'm sorry, but after watching um, the reboot, um, I kind of want Kev to stop now. 
I'm sorry, man. I, I do. I know he's. I know this man's like. I know where you put I'd, him in. Honestly, if he, if he stopped making movies, I'd actually wouldn't be unhappy. If he, as long as he keeps doing his odd world and he's sort of like being the back of yeah. the world he is, I'm okay with that. Yeah. TV shows, it seems to be more suited to him. Yeah. It hurts me to say it, man. Watching the reboot broke my heart, but stop, man. Just, no. Kevin, stop, please. Play, um, yeah. Sorry, also, man. Sorry, that's also sad. Out, also, sad. Out we have on, <laughs> on Netflix, um, we have Fear Street Part 1, but we also might do Part 2 and Part 3, depending on the Oh, I'm looking forward to watching this. No, but I'm really excited. And what's... Um, Really, really intrigued by now is these are based on R.L. Stein novels. So this is yeah. a guy that does good, good, like kind of you know kids horror. Yeah. Um. These are eighteen rated. Um. Yeah. So I'm intrigued to see what they've done to make them eighteen rated. Yeah. Um. Because obviously they thought fuck the target audience. Let's go for, you know, the, the the adult audience. So I'm really, really intrigued. I've not watched it yet, but I'm I'm really excited to watch it. And I'm looking Who has forward. Sold to more it. books, R.L. Stein or Stephen King? Oh, I'm going to say Stein. It's got to be. It's it is actually it's Harry Stein. Yeah. Stein. It is actually Harry Stein. Dude, Harry Potter, man. The kids' books sell. Uh, you know, if you know, if you're ever looking to make a quick buck, write a freaking kids' book, man. Put all the tropes in there. Kids love that shit. You know, every single trope you can think of, get it in there. Even if it's fucking a horror trope, a love fucking book, put it in there. Kids will lap up. You got, you yeah. got it made. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I'm not surprised that thing he said. Yeah, David fucking books. Williams is like. A best-selling oh, David Williams is fucking writing books for kids and they're lapping it up. That's how nuts that is, man. That fucking David, B- David Baddiel, for fuck's sake. It, it, boom, mind blown, right there. Um, <laughs> also, this week we have, in the cinema, we have Space Jam, A New Legacy. Oh, what's your thoughts on the trailer? I only saw the trailer once. I was intrigued with the mm. fact that all the Warner Brothers characters in, including the fucking... Things from Clockwork Orange in it for some bizarre reason. The, the, the bowler hatted masked men. I'm like, that's a bold decision. I don't think they've got from the, the Clockwork Orange, but I'm sure there's an explanation. It's probably yeah. related to Warner Bros. Um, and not fucking Stanley Kubrick. But we'll see. We'll see. I watched the original one recently, and I'm going to put it out there. It's a fucking horrendously bad movie. Yeah, I think, of course. I think we're sort of like remembering fondly from childhood. Which is what I was saying to who was I talking to? I can't remember, but I was saying, was, was, I think it was Lorraine. Kids don't care about Warner Bros. Just now, kids, no. you see any 10 year old Bugs Bunny, and I'm like, fuck you, dad. I don't want fucking Bugs Bunny. They're watching Gravity Falls, they're watching Finish yeah. and Fair, they're watching cool shit like that. I love Warner Bros. You probably have a fond fondness for I Warner Bros. Bugs Bunny shoes, sir. That's how much I love right, Bugs there you go. Yeah. So I'm the idea that's going to drag my kids along to watch this film that I'm not going to enjoy. They're not going to enjoy, but I'm going to make them pretend to me that they enjoyed it while I'm pretending to them I enjoyed it. And I think that's where the money's going to come from is it's yeah. those nostalgic old assholes that want to go and see Bugs Bunny and LeBron yeah. James. Yeah. Um, also, it was might try and go and see, um, depending on time and all such things, there is a film called the Forever Pudge, which is the newest film in the Pudge series. Yeah, that's got an unlimited screen next week, I believe. I think it was tonight, actually. Was oh, it tonight? Oh, yeah. Thursday, Thursday coming. Thursday coming. Yeah. Thursday coming. And also, it's going to it's going to make a fortune to purchase. It's going to be awful. It's going to be so generic, but it's going to be kick. As yeah. you always said, they, they turn these movies out for you know five to ten million, make back you know. 70, 80 million, yeah, easily, and they just keep on coming. And yeah. uh, the, the other one that's coming out is the oh, the traps and all that kind of shit. They're all, yeah, 
and also yeah, got the, the Crudes Two is out this week as well. So might someone might go and see that, but I'm not entirely sure what we're going to see this week. It depends on a, a few different, um, few different time, things. sir. Time, because us, uh, us adults have adult shit to do. <laughs> that is exactly it, sir. Le- bless you. There'll be a few things nice. we won't see, but that'll be a, a mix of Made in Italy, Fear Street Parts 1, 2, possibly 3, and Space Jam, you like and say, Crudes, and The Forever Pudge. So go, see, go see the Crudes. You know, if you're going to pick a cartoon, do the Crudes. Don't do Space Jam. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tell me where you find us. Uh, people can find us at Free Beers in a Movie, number Free Beers, not, not Free Beers in a Movie, um, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So look us up and let us know what you think of our rantings and ravings and Opinions, how fast is there? But yeah, I've been calling. You've been listening to <laughs> uh, three beers in a movie. Booyah. <laughs>